0: And we're going to, uh, I, I was going, I was, I was uh, debating on whether I was going to talk to you today about, um, finish up on the making of revival, or I was going to talk to you about um, the word that the Lord is giving me for uh, 2022. So I've decided that I'm going to share what the Lord's telling me about this coming year next week to, to kick off revival, so next Sunday morning, I'm going to be casting some vision about what uh, what is coming in 2022. Not just us as a church, as Winners Church, but you as a member of the body of Christ, as a part of God's kingdom. Uh, God has something for you personally. Amen. I will tell you. I will tell you this about it. It has to do with divine appointments and divine connections. Divine. now I know that that may seem uh, cheesy and to some of you, anticlimactic. But if you'll give me a chance to expound on that for you in the in the next week, uh, it will be helpful to you. Let me also say this. On Wednesday nights, um, I am purposefully uh, taking and going over some things that many of us know are fundamentals. Most For most of us, it's fundamentals. Um, I learned about the gifts and the callings of God and the ministries of the Spirit early on in my walk with God. In fact, one of the uh, first teachings I heard was on fivefold fold ministry. Uh, my pastor's wife taught it to our youth group. And uh, f- the second message I, I heard taught on during youth was uh, uh, spiritual gifts, which taught by Pastor, or Brother Wise. I, well, he wasn't a pastor. Uh, he's an old missionary, um, uh, Mennonite, that taught us on the gifts of the Spirit. But on Wednesdays, we're doing really what is a, uh, a fundamental, basic you know basic Bible teaching on these subjects, and so it's important if you if you if if you feel like you've missed out on some of the fundamentals. If if you come here to Winter's Church, and there's some things that I preach that go over your head, and you're like, Man, I'm not sure what he's talking about. Wednesday would be a good day for you to come because it will give you a good foundation and a good baseline for what it is that I would I preach on on uh, Sundays, although I do try to keep it pretty simple on Sundays. And, and th- that's not to say that some of you that don't get it are not intelligent or n- whatever, but some people have just had, had less of a foundation of the Word of God laid in their lives. And some people, it's difficult for them to grasp grasp some of the concepts that we take for granted. You know, we like, like supernatural increase and God's blessing in the area of finance. You know, some people think that's nothing but a, a manipulation on the part of the preacher to try to get people to, to give them money. And let me tell you something. Our church has plenty of money, and um, the, Lord is, the Lord has blessed us big time uh, financially. So we're, we're, not, we're not attempting to try to get money from people when we teach on the subject of finance. Our desire is for you to discover, to get a revelation of what God's Word says concerning this, so you can walk. You know, for a long time, it's just been certain people that seem like they caught it and walked in the blessing of God financially. Well, you know what? It's not just for a few; it's for everyone. Okay. Amen. Annie and I discovered that. You know, we, uh, you know, we saw lots of people that walked in supernatural increase and in divine, you know, prosperity. And <clears throat> it's not that we desired money; we desired to be able just to do the will of God. In our lives, but we main thing that kept us from being able to do the will of God was financially we weren't capable of being able to do it. And when God gave us a revelation, whoo, listen, really, God gave me the revelation. And uh, Pastor Annie came along later on, she started to catch on to it later. But thank God, amen. Thank God for revelation. So, uh, on the Holy Ghost, on the things of the Spirit, on the how many of you, how many of you desire to hear the voice of God and be able to. Uh, to recognize God's voice when he speaks to you. Amen. All of us, you know, God God has a mouth. He speaks with his mouth. And some of you go, how does God speak? Listen, God almost never, in fact, I can't find a place in scripture where God ever spoke through natural circumstances. Sometimes we try to hear the voice of God in what's going on around us. You know what? That's not how you hear the voice. of. When God speaks, he speaks with his mouth. He speaks words like we speak. We're made in the image of God. God communicates the way we eat. Now you say, well, if he, if he talks with his mouth, then shouldn't I hear him with my ear? Well, he's a spirit. And so when God speaks, he's a spirit. And when he speaks, he's speaking in the spirit and he's speaking to you in your spirit. So we have to develop an ear to hear Jesus said this, let him that hath an ear hear what the spirit is saying. Amen. And so we have to develop our spiritual ear to hear. We are spirits. We have souls and we live in bodies. You are a spirit being. Amen. First and foremost, you are a spirit that's who you really are. This, this isn't who you are. This is your body. This is the house that you live in. But the way we've seen it is we're body, soul, and spirit. And so that's how we've prioritized things. Uh, we, we've, we've, uh, we have fed our bodies and our souls at the expense of our spirit. Uh, what is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's your soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. So um, uh, your spirit is the innermost part of your being. And every one of you have heard the voice of your spirit. Uh, some people call it your subconscious. Amen. Uh, it's, 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 it, every one of us have heard the voice of a, When you got born again, you got born again because your spirit told off on you, told you you was a wretch. Right? I mean, when the spirit of God convicted you of sin, that was, that was the spirit of God uh, convicting your spirit. Amen. You're lost. You're, you're dying and going to hell on a greased pole. You need to get born again. And so the fact, that we, the fact that you heard his voice once means if you heard him once, you can hear him again. In fact, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. That's what Jesus said. And another, they will not listen to. They will not, uh, they will not submit to. They will, they will, I always say it this way. We will not hear it. We, we, we shouldn't even be listening to another voice. We should only be listening to the voice of the Lord, Amen. So, um, so you, but you, you. Uh, so we're we're going to learn how to identify, uh, how to hear God's voice, and uh, we're doing we're doing a lot of that on Wednesday nights. So come on Wednesdays. We'll open up the Word of God. Um it'll there's opportunity for you to be able to ask questions. Um, I try to move at a pace that everyone can um, jump in. I, I did try to get an outline together. It's not working out too good, but anyway, um, but we are we are getting places. We had the opportunity to hear lots of people's testimonies about being baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, on Wednesday, which was pretty cool. Amen. All right, so own your Bible, psalm forty four, verse one, you all remember this, We started this. Uh, about what it seems like a month ago now. Um, probably wasn't that long ago. Praise the name of Jesus. Is it up there? All right, yeah, wonderful <laughs> I was gonna look it up, but there it is. Uh, it says uh, and let's just let's let's just start from oh God. Oh God We have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. Amen. Uh, We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work thou did in their days, in the days of old. And I told you this, this is probably one of the saddest uh, scriptures in the Bible. Uh, I always picture a granddad with one of his grandkids on his knee telling him about all of the works that God did. You know, you have to think about this. This, the children, uh, this would be the children of Israel. Just think about an old man telling his grandkids about the work that God did bringing the children of Israel into the promised land, of the, of the miracles that took place and how God moved mightily for them, how they were led by the Spirit, by a pillar of fire by day and or a, a, a cloud of a cloud of, of. a a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. How that when they uh, were pressed in by the Pharaoh's armies and there was enemies to their left and enemies to their right and enemies behind them and there was a Red Sea in front of them. How God, uh, when Moses knelt down to pray, how God spoke and said, get off your knees and stretch forth the rod uh, that I gave you. And Moses got off his knees and stretched forth uh, that rod. and, And when he stretched forth the rod, the Red Sea parted and they they crossed uh, that Red Sea uh, on dry ground. Not even on a not even on a muddy uh, sea bottom. But they, the Bible says, they crossed uh, on dry ground. Amen. And crossed over to the other side. And the and the uh, and the armies of of the Egyptians were smashed and crushed and and drowned uh, by the Red Sea as the Spirit of God took His hand off of that part. I mean, miracles. Um, We could could go on and on and on How God uh, wrote with his finger The Ten Commandments While Israel was in the wilderness How Moses came off the mountain Threw those commandments down And then uh, went and talked with God And as he spoke with God The Spirit of God came upon Moses And the next time they saw Moses He shone so brightly uh, With the glory of God That they wanted him to put A a handkerchief over his face Because they couldn't bear To look on his face For the glory of God That was being manifested manifested on the face of Moses. How God provided manna for them. How manna would come every day out of heaven. It would just appear and they would eat manna. And when they got tired of manna and went to complaining, God sent quail. It's just just crazy how that God did such miraculous things. How God brought water out of the rock. Amen. Amen. Come on somebody. Praise God. But here's this old guy telling this kid and this kid, all he's ever known is what this old man told him. His eyes hadn't seen and his ears hadn't heard. Neither had entered into his heart the things that God had prepared for him. But here's this old timer that had seen. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of like... We're kind of like that in this generation. If now some of you that are part of this church have been a part of this church for a long time, not so much maybe you, but others that you know that are in the world that are that are part of your world, maybe co-workers, family members, uh, people that you know that are members even of other churches. My God, do you know how many people uh, when Cherie and them go out on the streets uh, here in Bricktown, how many of the people that they? lead to Christ are people that are part of other churches in Oklahoma City, that they're leading these people to Christ. They're like, well, you know, uh, if, you, if you don't go anywhere to church, and they're like, oh no, we're members of such and such a church. Well, you know, since you got born again, surely you can't be that plugged in. Oh no, we go every Sunday. And these these people aren't even born again. I mean, it's crazy. So So when you have people who... <laughs> When you have people that have never even been born again, that have never had a transformation in their life, that they've never passed from death unto life. Are y'all hearing me today? You know, it, it's not praying a sinner's prayer that makes someone a Christian. It's not just praying a sinner's prayer that makes someone a Christian. Just because you said, just because you said in a, in a prayer, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart, God raise it for that. Just because you repeated after someone, that doesn't mean you're born again. I would venture to say there are probably millions of people that have gone through the process of saying a sinner's prayer. There are people that are on the streets of Bricktown that when Sheree takes them through the script and they pray with Sheree or they pray with Miss Rhonda or they pray with Miss Gaby or they pray with Ayla or they pray with Tyler or they pray with anyone that goes out there on the streets, that many of them that go through the process of praying, there are many of them, They don't they're not really getting born again. They're going through the process that one must go through in order to be born again. But some of them aren't really being born again. They're making a decision to pray a prayer. So what is the evidence of one being born again? Well, you pass from death unto life. It's when when you undergo a transformation. When old things pass away and all things become new. There's some people been in church a long time, and after they've been in church a long time, they had this encounter. I remember being in Streetsboro, Ohio, and, and uh, having an altar call uh, to uh, lead people to Christ, and this old man came forward. He was nearly 80 years old. I remember because I asked him. I said, how old are you? And he, I think he's 78, 79 years old, and I said, uh, who brought you here today? He says, "This is where I go to church." I said, "So I said, so you're rededicating your heart to the Lord today?" He said, "No." He says, "I don't believe I've ever been born again." Go ahead, I said, "Really?" I said, "Well, how long have you been at this church?" He said, "He said I've been here all my life." I said, we, "He said he started at that church as a teenager. He had served as an elder on that church for nearly 30 years. He's on the board of that church." The pastor was the in fact the pastor's there listening to our conversation and and I looked at him, I said, So I said, so you were you you grew up in this church, you've been a member of this church your whole life, you've served on the board, you've served as an elder, and you've you've served in this church. I said, but you've never been born again. He said, No, he said, I've never had a life change. He said, I realized today. For the first time, he said, "As God's spirit touched me today, as you were preaching, that my life has never been changed, I never passed from death to life. there was never a transformation that happened in me. so I prayed I prayed with him, and you know that day, that day, old things passed away for that man, and all things became new. I'm telling you that day he wept with great tears of joy as he was miraculously and gloriously saved. Amen, and God's spirit came upon him. Are you hearing me today? Amen. So it's not just about miracles and demonstrations of the power of God. We're not just talking about healings and, and partings of red seas. There are people that are in the church today, and I, I need for you folks to get with me on this. I need for you to I need for you to understand this with me that the the environment that is in the church today is not an is not a uh, for the most part is not an environment that is conducive to men being transformed. A lot of what has happened in the church uh, for years has been the church, instead of the church transforming, we've been conforming. Instead of accommodating God, we've accommodated men. Instead of trying to figure out a way, instead of, instead, of a, instead of the church trying to figure out a way to create a habitation for the Lord, we've tried to figure out a way to create a habitation that's comfortable enough for man that they will come and we'll have more than just a few uh, at church like we have here this, mo- this morning. Oh yeah. And there have been, been a small group of people that have said, you know what, we need to accommodate God more than we accommodate men. You know what we, you know, we've forgotten? You know what happens when you sit in church for a long time or when you, when you hang around people that have seen the power of God demonstrate? Because all of y'all, is, well, I say all of y'all, many of y'all have seen the power of God manifested and demonstrated in a very real and powerful way. Many of you have. And when, you, when you've seen that, and then if you ever depart from that or you ever get away from that, What happens is you begin to forget. You begin to forget what it was that brought transformation in your life. You begin to forget what it is that's going to bring transformation in the lives of others. You know what you start to think about? You start to think about, man, I don't know whether I ought to bring anybody to church this week. Because who knows how Brother Ted will act this week. And God knows if Brother Ted acts up this week, my God, you know, they may never come back. So we start trying to figure out exactly how it is, that what, what days, you know, we hear Ted's going on vacation with Debbie, and we're like, perfect. I'll bring my friend then. But then then, then you start thinking about Cherie. Oh, dear God. You know, if it's not Ted, it's Cherie. Cherie's probably going to catch them either when they come in the door or before they get out the door, and she's going to pester them to no end. And God knows, you know, I just don't think that my friends will put up with that. So we start thinking about these things in the natural. Are y'all hearing me today? We start looking at our church. You know, some of us, we've looked at our church and we've said, you know, I think if we'll change this and if we'll do this and if we'll do that and if we'll make some adjustments here, you know, one of the things that we considered when, when uh, we, as we've, as we've started to think about numerical growth, one of the things that we considered um, amongst the elders was maybe we should shorten the services and make them, you know, more... Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a tendency to be long winded and maybe if we shorten the services, it will, you know, it'll attract more people and people will, if they know when we're going to start and and at least give them a stop time. Because most of you know, when you come here, there's no guarantee. I I mean, you'll get out today. You'll get out today. We, we, we have gotten everybody out of here on the same day that we started for the most part. But, you know, there's, there's not that set. And, you know, whether you, whether, you, whether you think you do or not, you really like to have the, you really like to know. It's human nature. We want to know when it starts and we want to know when it ends. If we know when it starts and we know when it ends, then we're more likely to participate in that. But when we go and we're not sure, when we go and we know that we might have worship, it might be, you know, 25, 30 minutes, but it might be an hour. And, you know, pastor may, pastor may get up and preach, or he may not, you know. Pastor may get up and preach for 40 minutes. He may get up there and be at it for two and a half freaking hours. Go ahead now. And then, you know, when he's done preaching, that's not a guarantee we're done. Right. Because then he goes to calling people out and saying, I hear the Lord saying this, and the Lord saying, I'm not sure about that. But, you know, sometimes these things can get rather lengthy. But when, we, we've, we have found, and it works for us too, when we did Koinonia, we started doing Koinonia and Koinonia went from 7 to 8.30. Do you know, man, we flourished in Koinonia because everybody was like, hey. Boy, but at 8.30, you better be done. Because if you weren't done at 8.30, people were getting their stuff. They're like, hey, it's 8.30, I'm out. Parents were waiting for their kids in the parking lot, you know, at Hilden David's. David's. Uh, 8.30, where are the kids? You all said 8.30. Because we, lo- we like to live by those, amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so in our minds, mm-hmm. we start to think, well, you know what? If we, could just, if we could just put church, if we could just fit it into this, to this time slot, if we could just do things this way. But you know what? Think about, think about how you were transformed. Some of you, it didn't even happen in the context of a, of a church meeting. I know, I know there are people nervous about, well, what, you know, what if someone gets to shouting at our, what if someone gets to shouting or dancing or running around the church? What will my friends think? Some of you, that's exactly the environment you got born again in. Well, you know what? They don't know what's going on, and I'm afraid that if they don't know what's going on, on that they're not going to want to have any part of it. You didn't know what was going on. Well, Talisha, you rolled up in here, Talisha, Talisha, when Talisha first first started coming to Winters Church, she's like a calf looking at a new gate. She's like, my God, what has Sheree drug me into? Miss Rhonda talked about her testimony of her Going to church and getting born again. She said she went into that church. She'd been a Baptist. She went into that church. And when she walked into that church, she was like, my God, what is going on? What have they got me into? People lifting up their hands and singing. But you know what it was that she said? Amen. You know what it was that she said brought about a change in her life? She said that she didn't, now she wasn't, Miss Rhonda wasn't aware of the things of the Spirit. She wasn't learned concerning spiritual things. She didn't know nothing concerning the Word of God, the Bible, and the working of God and the working of the Spirit. You know what got Miss Rhonda? She said that she walked in and the praise and worship leader had entertained the presence of God. And she said she was aware that the Spirit of God was in the building and she didn't even know how she was aware. She just knew that something was going on and it had to do with the Holy Ghost. Amen. She didn't, I'm, I guarantee she couldn't tell you what the preacher preached that day. She does, know, she does know that at some point he said, There's someone here that needs to be born again. And she knew it was her because she was sitting there under conviction wondering what do I need to do with what I just experienced during worship. She said she sat there and that preacher kept calling and saying there's someone here that needs to get saved and he may have been 15 minutes and Miss Rhonda didn't budge but finally she looks at the friend that took her to the church and says I think he's talking about me so that whoever that was dragged her forward she prayed a sinner's prayer and got born again and God filled her gloriously with the Holy Ghost and here she is today Amen. Amen. Listen, when I walked into church, I was a a heathen. I was a a devil-worshipping, drug-addicted, heathen. Nothing that was going to happen in that church was going to be attractive to me. I was a a leather-wearing, choker-wearing, spike-wristband-wearing, long-haired, heavy metal singer. (laughs) There was nothing in that church. The girls in that church weren't attractive to me. You understand? I was used to seeing girls with less clothes on. Do you, are y'all hearing me today? Yeah. I was a part of, of, of another world. Right. Come on now. When the man at the door tried to hug me and tell me he loved me. Okay. That should have been the end of it right there. But it wasn't the end. Do you know why it wasn't the end? Because there was more to the. St- are you hearing me today? There was more. I know some of you are saying, Brother Ziggy, why are you telling us this? Because we've got to renew our faith in the work that God does. Be- because our eyes haven't seen and our ears haven't heard and we've only heard the stories and some of us were so far removed from what God did and how he did it that we want to try to figure out ways to, uh, to do this work ourselves. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. No matter how acceptable you try to make uh, the gospel, no matter how uh, user-friendly and seeker-friendly, no matter how palatable you want to make it, the, the gospel can be offensive. I was, Shelby and I were talking yesterday, and, and Eric, <coughs> excuse me. And when we were talking, I was talking to them about times that people had been offended in my meetings. And not offended for, not offended for reasons that were, uh, well, that most people find acceptable, like me, you know, saying, singing, I have decided to follow Jesus, you know? Some people might, you know, find that offensive. Devil worshipers might find that, uh, atheists may find that offensive. Not because I was teaching or preaching on Holy Ghost baptism, but I remember one night there was a kid, uh, he's probably 14 years old, I was in the Church of God, and he was sitting in a chair, and I remember I walked in, he was sitting in a chair, he had a magazine open, and he had his feet kicked up on the pew in front of him, up on the top of the pew. And I didn't think anything of it, I didn't really care, he wasn't my kid. In fact, I wasn't even a dad then. I walked in and I got up and we we praised God. we went through praise and worship. we did the whole uh, praise and worship and and uh, they gave the microphone to me for me to get up and preach. When I got up to preach, I stood up and that kid still had his feet up on that chair, and he's reading a magazine. and so while he's while he's sitting there and i'm 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 moving up and down the aisles and I'm just getting my scripture read, i I came to him and I said, Hey, listen. Um, get your feet off that chair and put that magazine away before I shove it so far up your nose they have to re- they have to surgically remove it from your backside. Oh yeah. And I, I said it like that. It wasn't. I wasn't being ugly. I w- I just thought I was going to say it in a way that was uh, th- it was strong. I don't know why I felt like he needed to hear it that way. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sure did. Says Ted. <laughs> Now you know how Ted parented, but anyway, <laughs> um, so I, I said that to him. Well, you know, I knew immediately that probably wasn't that probably wasn't uh, the best way that could be said. If I mean, if I'm looking at it from the perspective of the natural, it, pro- I, it probably could have been said different, but it was effective. Because he took his feet off the chair and he put the magazine in his back pocket and he sat up straight and he sat there. And now, see, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, and this, this may not be this way for anybody else, But when, when the Spirit leads you to deal with something in a particular way. Now, it, it, there wasn't. Uh, there, I've seen people deal with stuff in church in a certain way. And, but it grieved the Holy Ghost. And when the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God leaves out of a place because you uh, did something, then you you need to repent. But when you say something and then things get elevated and things get, and things go to a higher place, that meeting blew up. We went to a higher place. Now, that kid and his, and the people that came, his mother was there, his uh, a couple of people that, uh, friends of hers were there. And uh, then another friend of this kid was there sitting next to him who was ve- being very good after that. Um, they're all sitting there. But about 25 minutes later, th- this group gets up and they leave. And I knew they'd gotten up and left because someone had obviously had an issue with how I dealt with that, which was okay with me. You know, they, they got up and they left. And after after church the pastor told me, he said, he said, those, those people are members of my dad's church. I was scheduled to go to his dad's church in a couple of weeks. Those are members of my dad's church. They were coming here to, you know, kind of see what, what your ministry was like. And he says, probably they, they didn't like it too good. I said, well, you know, I don't know. I said, I, I kind of felt like I was supposed to, I was supposed to say what I said. I said, and I had no malice in my heart toward him. I wasn't being ugly. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm calling him names. I was just telling him to put it away, and in a very tough way. Uh, and and so, so, uh, the father of this pastor calls calls that night. Hey, I got a call from one of my members about that meeting over there. Man, I hope this guy is uh, legit. You know, you recommended him. So faster he gets off the phone with his dad. He's like, my dad's nervous, man. I said, your dad should be nervous. <laughs> so in a couple weeks, we went to that church. I heard nothing more about it. We went to that church Sunday morning. This is where the old man got saved, 80-year-old man. In fact, it was that morning the 80-year-old man got saved. But I got up to, I, got, I was get, getting ready to get up to preach, and the pastor said, well, I want to introduce Brother Ziggy here. He said, but before I do there's a couple people, a few people of our people went to the meeting that he had down the road here at my son's church, and uh, they had some experiences there, and I want them to come and to tell about their experiences in those meetings. First one to get up was that lady that got up with her, that was her son that I had, that I had told him that. She's the first one to get the microphone, and I, I recognized her, and she sure recognized me. And she began to tell the story. She said, We were there when he got up to preach. He told my son this. He said, I was, she said, I was so angry and offended that I didn't hear another word that he said. And about 25 minutes later, I took my kids and the people that we'd come with, a Sister So and so, they were there in the meeting, she said, and we left. And, and everybody's looking, you know, concerned. Pastor, pastor's smiling. I was like, why is he having her do that? I mean, I mean, is this a is he trying to rebuke me? I said, I mean, I guess if I deserve it, you know. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay. She said, as we're driving down the road away from the church, we are expressing our, our displeasure with what had happened in the meeting amongst ourselves, the adults in the car, while the kids are in the back. And for 15 minutes, we tear Brother Ziggy apart and talk about how he couldn't be a Christian and how what he did wasn't God. When my son, who he, who he had told this to, speaks up from the back and says, why are you talking about it like this? He was right. And tears begin to stream down his face. Oh, yeah. And his mother leads him to Christ in that car on their way home after being offended in that meeting. She brought him forward, and he came forward, and he said, Brother Ziggy, I needed that. No one, no one has ever... No one has ever called me out, and I needed it. And the Lord was dealing with me. He said, He said, reason I was doing that is because every time I'd go to church, I'd feel bad, and I'd feel convicted. And the only way I could get away from that conviction was to act that way. And you're the only one that wouldn't let me act that way. The Spirit of God came on me that night. He said, I knew I was going to get saved that night. And when my mother made me leave, I didn't know how it was going to happen. But I went ahead, and I got saved in the car. And he says, now I'm living for the Lord. Amen. Y'all hearing me today? Am I, am I taking too long? Oh, I thought I thought he was going to say yes. <clears throat> See, the, the the reason why we can't believe that God will do it is because so few of us have ever seen Him do it. We know He did it in us. Right. So listen, if He did it in you, why wouldn't He do it in someone else? Right. If God used the freakiest. Flakiest, weirdest, most spiritual—are you? Are you hearing me? The people you thought were way off. If he used those people to to uh, to introduce you to a life change, then what in the world makes you think that God won't use some of the fruitiest people you think that are in this church to bring about a life change in some of the people that you know need it? Oh, Amen. Amen. Well, I you know I just think. I just think, I think it ought to be done different. I, well, me too. If it was my work, I'd do it different. You know, if this was my work, we'd be getting out of here in about. If, if this was my work, <laughs> there'd be a life church sign out here. You'd have your choice of about five services, and I'd be here as a campus pastor, and we'd be watching Craig Rochelle on these televisions. Yes, yeah, so or you're like, maybe, maybe we should go home. <laughs> but there's a there's a story that's been told from this pulpit and by the mouths of people in this church of the things that God has done, of the things that have been, oh glory to God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh my, to to hear the prophecy. Uh, that Ayla received. I mean, it wasn't just a word. It wasn't a word, one word. It was a book. It's book prophecy. It's a 15 minute long prophetic word. And I'm sitting listening to this word. I didn't even know Ayla. And, well, we ought to play it. We're, We're talking about the making of revival here. The the very first part of the word was what, Ayla? It was uh, the devil had tried to kill you on more than one occasion. You know what? I didn't know. I didn't know that when Ayla was was a baby that her mother's boyfriend had beat her into a coma and almost killed her. I didn't know about the abuse that Ayla had gone through as a child. I had no idea. And I'm giving her this word about how that, that, uh, about about how the devil tried to kill her and all these things and i mean and it was one thing after another i mean one thing after another do you know every part of that 15 minute prophecy has come to pass except for one for 15 minutes i prophesied and every word i'm sitting there in my office with my mouth hanging down to my desk because you know what i i give these prophetic words and i do this all the time but you know what there's nothing more amazing to me than to see god bring every one of these words to pass just like he says it. Heck, there's words I got that I haven't seen come to pass yet, and I've been doing this for 37 years. And Ayla, in less than 10 years, saw every part of this word except for one part come to pass. And it was the part that said, after 10 years. Well, it hadn't been 10 years yet. So there's only one thing left. That in 10 years, people that had been in the meeting that she got born again in and had watched her life would come to her and, and, and testify with tears in their eyes about the life change and the transformation that had taken place in their life because of what they witnessed God doing in her life. Amen. Amen. And you know what? I, I believe that word's going to come to pass just like the rest of them. Because guess what? God kept her. Amen. She's not dead. He talked about prospering her. He talked about moving her to a place where she would flourish. About about the man that God would send into her. <laughs> about the man that God would send into her. Of course, Tyler, uh, Tyler was, uh, he was funny. He said... He said, uh, he added to the word, he's like, and that man's gonna go through a wilderness, boy, and he's gonna, but when he comes out on the other side, you would hear, you <laughs> But there, there's a, a just an incredible word of. Pro- I'm telling you, if you heard if you heard it, you would you would think that that this was a word that maybe I gave Ayla last week because I had already known all the things that the Lord had done in her life. But it was before I knew her, before I knew that she would become a part of my family when she, when she was still looking at me like uh, she told me that that uh, that uh, one of those nights after the revival, uh, I had asked her and another girl that was. In the revival, if they were coming back to the back to have dinner with us after church, and, and she was like, He's talking to me. <laughs> because at that time, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy that has been up front every night with a microphone in his hand, prophesying over people, laying hands on the sick. Uh, she, as, far as, as far as she's concerned, I'm someone like Benny Hinn or, or Greg Grosch or some, someone that's, that's untouchable. And to think, I'm I'm giving her this word, having no idea that I'm a part of the fulfillment of that word. That some of the things that I'm saying, I'm saying about myself. I'm going to start paying more attention to some of these words. (laughs) Because I was in her word. Church, we can't forget. Listen. If if you've if you've been touched by God, if the supernatural power of God has ever touched you, you have got to shake. Listen. You've got to begin to shake yourself today, because revival is not made just through uh, uh, the uh, implementation of policies or through uh, moving to a new building, decorating uh, that building to be pleasing to the eye. It's not about. It's not about the show. It's not about our uh, the the materials that we uh, that we. Hand out. Listen, we want to we be excellent in all that we do, but what we need the most is the Holy Ghost. Yeah. What we need the most is a demonstration of the power of God's Spirit. Yeah. We need to have a willingness on the part of God's people that have had a touch from God to hang on to faith, to hang on to what God did for them, to expect that if God did it for you, He'll do it for someone else, and He won't wait to do it. He'll do it right now. See, we're no longer living in a time where revival is coming. Revival is here. Revival is now. Revival is in the atmosphere. I I believe what what God is waiting on is he's waiting on some of us to start acting like it's done. To start remembering how he did it with us. We've got to quit believing that this generation can't change. We've got to quit believing that people in our household can't change. Amen. We've got to quit believing that, you know what, some of you, you bring people to this church and before you ever bring them through the door, you don't believe that they could stay. Come on now, Preach. And then when they, when they don't stay, you're like, well, it doesn't surprise me. I didn't think they'd stay anyhow. We, we, we make the decision of whether we think people fit at Winner's Church or not. Well, they're not a fit. According to who? Because I'll be honest with you. I'm looking around this room, and I'm not seeing anybody that fits. This, if you hadn't had a wrestling match in your life about whether you fit here or not, uh, hang on. You'll have it eventually. Okay. <laughs> Some of us feel like we fit in when you you know when you're around a bunch of uh, you know single. We think we think that for singles to get touched in our church, we gotta have a singles program. Really, really, is that what we're relegating the Lord to? That we have to have a singles program for singles to be well. You know, if we're gonna touch if we're gonna touch uh, 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 single mothers, then we're gonna have to do something different. Well, yeah, you're gonna have to worship God. You're going to, have to, you're going to have to make room in your life for the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to exercise faith. You're going to have to, you know what? You're going to have to change what you say. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. You're going to have to quit believing what your eyes are seeing right in this moment and believing what your ears are hearing right in this moment. And you're going to have to develop faith that if God did it, you know what? There, were, there are times in this nation. Hmm. You know, the church did more for desegregation than the world ever did. During the civil rights movement, during that time when the civil rights movement was happening, they were desegregating. Do you know where desegregation was really becoming effective and where it was really spearheaded? It was underneath tents in revival services with A.A. A. Allen and Jack Coe and William Branham and, and Oral Roberts and all these fellows. These fellows would have these tent meetings and they would bring everyone together, black, white, Native, they would bring everybody together from everywhere, and there wasn't a black section, there wasn't a white section, there wasn't a section for Asians. Everyone was thrown, and people were angry, especially in the south, when these preachers would come and bring their tents and set up their tents and have miracle services because they had blacks and whites that were there singing together, holding hands together, praising God together. They weren't segregated. In in the South, in a time when white people and black people shouldn't have been together under the same tent, worshiping, worshiping the same God together. Because there was a move of the Spirit, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what was happening in the culture. It didn't matter what was happening in society. It didn't matter what the world was doing. It didn't matter a mindset that had developed amongst people that were in the world. It didn't matter young or old, black, white, poor, rich, educated, uneducated. The Holy Ghost, he's a great equalizer. Amen. He'll take the guy that has a PhD and he'll take a guy that's on the street and never went to school a day in his life. And he'll equalize them and bring them to the same place. (laughs) I'll never never forget. I cast devils out of some people. First time I ever cast out devils. First time I ever cast out devils. I was a teenager. The Lord taught me how to do it. You say, that sounds spooky. It was. (laughs) I'll just tell you, it it was pretty crazy. I haven't gotten any farther with this message than I got last time. <laughs> right. It is all right. So we cast devils out of these people. I'm a teenager. I'm three months born again. We cast devils out of this guy named David. Uh, David, uh, what is uh, Anyway, David. 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 Hispanic last name. Yeah. <laughs> Gomez. Gomez. Yeah. David Gomez was a partier. He's demon possessed. When we we were casting the devils out of him, the devil started talking. Dave's not here. We said, Dave is there. Dave, Dave. He's like, Dave's not here. Me and Dave are out drinking beers. That's how the devil responded. And then a few other colorful words. But the devils finally came out of him. The next day, my pastor needed to have a talk with us because, number one, this idiot was casting out devils. And I didn't know how to. And he's a theologian. And it, I, I didn't do it in a theologically correct way. Although the devils did come out of people, there was a better way to do it. I'm sure there was that kind of meaning when Lazarus was raised from the dead. I'm sure all the religious ones gathered and said, you know, I know he got out, but there's a better way to do this. And wait till you hear scratching from behind the rock before you roll the stone away because you never can be too sure. Anyway, <laughs> at least wait for scratching. Don't roll it. I mean, if you roll it and you didn't get it right, you can stink up the whole place. So, you know, Jesus, he didn't really do it right. You know, he was being reckless. Religion will always try to make it that way. Oh, yeah. So my pastor got us all together to give us a talk about how what we had done was, was not quite right and how we needed to fix it how i needed to stay in my place because i was only three months born again i hadn't even read the whole bible and here i am casting devils out of people probably they had those devils because i still had demons myself that's what he was telling us and so while he's while he's getting ready to talk to us and tell us these things there's david gomez who had gotten devils kicked out of him the dude is still greasy with the oil that they poured on him the night before you understand I mean, the, the women of that church thought if, they could, the grease here, he could, if they, they could drown the devil with the oil. He had marks on his head where they were hitting him with the Bible. None, none of that worked, by the way. <laughs> and David, he's still greasy from the... And Pastor T's like, we're going to pray, and we're going to have this meeting, and this is what we're going to talk about. And as he began to pray, David began to shake. You know, I was on alert. I'm like, boy, I'm ready. If he's still got some in there, we'll get him out. But this time he was like, shh. Now, here's this man, our pastor, who's a graduate of Goshen Bible College as a theologian. Has his doctorate in theology. It's Dr. T. You understand? And here's David Gomez, who grew up on the streets of New York City, who is a drug addict and an alcoholic A whoremonger <laughs> lived a reprobate life his whole entire life. Here's this old man, older man, now he wasn't old, but an older man went to theological seminary, got his degree, and here's this guy from the street. And this guy from the street goes to Hikamoshang and Shandalang, and he's holding hands with Pastor T as we're praying, and he just turns over to Pastor T grabs both of his hands and just a shaking and begins to prophesy over him. Son, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna anoint you with my spirit, for this is the beginning of signs and wonders in this church. For yea, my hand shall be upon I mean he prophesies over Pastor T for about 15 minutes. And David, don't know, come here for... I remember Pastor T was sitting there and just wondering, what in the world is going on? You know what he thought? I'm losing control. He was right. Okay. He was losing control. That's right. The Holy Ghost was trying to take control. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Amen. 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 babies shouting in this church. Thank you, Jesus. No one had ever seen anything like anyone in that generation of those kids that they were telling them, "Well, we've heard about it, but our eyes haven't seen it." What you did in the old days. What did they come out of? They'd come out of bondage. They'd come out of difficulty. And God led them into the miraculous. Turn to someone and tell them, God's about to lead you into the miraculous. God, Acts chapter... <laughs> well now, let's not do Acts chapter 3. Go to, go to this scripture and then we'll, I'm try to finish up with this. Jude... Jude chapter 1, verse 3. Jude chapter 1, verse 3. Well, I don't know how I'm going to finish this. I don't think I am. Maybe I should just read it off the paper. If I read it off the paper, that might make it go quick, right? Let me read it off the paper. I'm going to read it off the paper. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints <clears throat> to make revival we've got to contend for the faith oh, yeah. we've got to contend for the faith that existed in those that came ahead of us those that have seen the miraculous demonstration of the now I'm going to say some things I've never said before and I'm, I'm going to try to read them so that I can keep on track here would that, would that be okay? I don't typically do that but I, and I don't usually have an outline. You all know that. But I, this message I felt like was so impactful to me that I wanted to make sure that I wrote it down because I always forget uh, small details when the Lord is showing me something. To have true revival will require change. For you to have true revival in your life will require... Guess what? You may not be able to continue to worship the way you worship. You may not be able to continue to praise the way you you praise. You, the way you attend church might have to change. Your attitude at church might have to change. You know what? You may be ready to go home and God may not be ready to finish. And so we may have to change our minds and change our attitudes and change our hearts to facilitate what the Lord wants to do. I mean, we've got a, we've got a week of revival coming and who knows what God will do in the week to come. I do know this. Whatever it takes to facilitate what the Lord wants to do, I'm willing to do it. And if you'll be willing to do it too, I guarantee you, we will see a demonstration of the power of God and a pouring out of God's spirit like this church has never experienced ever before in our entire history. I believe that the greatest days are ahead of us, and those great days aren't coming next year. Those great days are coming next week. I'm prophesying to you. Amen. So, So here's, here's what you have to determine. Who's revival for? God would like to send revival to everyone but it will not be for everyone. This is, this is what's hard for some people to, to grasp. Revival will not be for everyone. To answer the question of who revival is for, you have to first know who revival is not for. It is not for those that are bound up in religion and tradition. Amen. Revival is not for those that are bound Now, God may send a refreshing to those people. He may, they may have an encounter with God. And, and, that's, and that, folks, if there's anything I've seen happening in the earth today when people say they're having revival listen some people are getting a refreshing but you can you can get a refreshing and remain religious you can go to an altar and get drunk in the And never be transformed to the point where you're a facilitator of revival and the move of God's Spirit in the earth. I've seen people, I've seen some people get drunk in the Holy Ghost, and it was just like they went to a bar. They just went to appease something that was in them to make themselves feel good about something, but it didn't elevate them, it didn't take them to the next, to the next level. It didn't bring them to the next the next place in their walk and in their relationship with God. I'll tell you who else it's not for. It's not for those who will be satisfied with something less. Go ahead, we've, got to, we've got to begin to long and to hunger for something greater. Amen. Oh, yeah. something, something greater. Some, some of us, what, what is it that draws you away from these church services? What is it that draws you away from hearing the preaching of the word? Some of you, some of you, you have to check your status on Facebook because it's drawing you away. Listen, if that'll satisfy you, you'll never have revival. If that's what'll draw you away, what in the world? All of my preaching, all of my teaching, I could get up here and do cartwheels in the Holy Ghost. In fact, man, we could have a we could have a breakout move of the Spirit. But if that's what's if that's what's working. or if we we'll be if we'll be satisfied with what we've already experienced to truly have revival we must understand that revival is God's idea it's not our idea it's only for those whose hearts long for the fullness of God and are willing to make whatever changes are necessary to accomplish it change is inevitable in a time of revival that's why the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, Behold, I do a new thing. Will you not know it? The, the whole thing of doing a new thing isn't about the new thing that's going to happen. What we miss in that scripture when it says, Behold, I do a new thing. Do you know what that means? That means there's one thing that is inevitable. As we follow the Lord. As we move on in the things of God. Things are going to change. God is going to do a new thing. You can count on one thing. You can't count on what that new thing is because you don't know. You can't count on what it's going to look like. Because you don't know what what it's going to look like. You can't count on how it's going to come. Because you don't know how it's going to come. You can't on you can't count on whether you're going to be offended or whether you're going to be uh, uh, one of the first ones in line to accept it because both those things are going to ha- those aren't things you can count on. But you know what you can count on? Things are going to change. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. 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 And we have to be a people whose hearts are willing to change, to facilitate what God wants to do. Extraordinary leaders are required for revival to come. A man or a church, a fellowship. Uh, an example of this would be the Apostle Paul. He was, the Bible says he was a chosen vessel. Uh, Paul uh, gives us a pattern for the kind of people that God is looking for to pour out his spirit, to pour out Revival. You know what, Paul, when he first was called of God, we went through the story of Paul. I can't remember whether it was Wednesday or when it was, but we went through the story of Paul. Paul Paul wasn't a good person. When Paul started out, we, we, we see his story start out. He wasn't a good man. He was killing a women and men in the name of God, people that were Christians, That's right. people that called on the name of Jesus. He was killing them That's right. and thought he was doing the work of God. But then a light shone out of heaven when he was on the road to Damascus, knocked him to the ground, and out of that light spoke the voice of God. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why do you kick against the pricks? He said, Who are you, Lord? It's Jesus whom you persecute. I mean, Jesus came and spoke to Paul supernaturally there on the road to Damascus. The Bible says that that light caused scales to come on the eyes of Paul and he was blind and he went to a disciple's house and God sent another disciple over to this house to, to minister to Paul. Amen. Amen. Can we, can we read one more scripture? I'm, I promise I'm almost done. Acts chapter 9. Start with verse 1. Acts chapter 9. Oh, I'll, I'll finish this. But Paul, Paul still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest. Next verse. And asked him letters uh, uh, to the synagogues of Damascus that if he found any belonging to the way men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. Uh, But rise and enter into the city and you'll be told what what you're to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank anything. I want you to notice something before we read the next verse. Notice there were other people there with Saul when the voice of God spoke, and the Bible never records they had a transformation. It was only him. You can't be waiting for everybody else to get it before you decide you're going to get it. On, right. You know what? You can't wait around for the people. I, I don't care if you're the only one. Your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your best friend, all, your best friend's best friend. Your, uh, it don't matter whether they get it or not. You've got to get it. Turn to someone and tell them you've got to get it. Uh, is that our next verse? Now there are disciples at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said unto him in a vision, Ananias, uh, and he let and he said, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said unto him, Rise, go to the street called straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. Look what it says, verse 12, and he has seen in a vision. A man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call upon your who call on your name. But the Lord said unto him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Right. Paul was a chosen vessel. He was chosen by God. He was a chosen instrument. There's one thing that I can, I can assure you of as, as your pastor is that God, God has chosen us as a church, and he's chosen us for a purpose, for a reason. We've, we've always known what it was. It's revival. And <laughs> I know it's quiet in here today. You're like... That's the quietest revival I've ever <laughs> no don't worry, it'll uh, Amen. We're 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 getting to that point. In fact, like I said, there are gonna be some exponential changes that happen here in the next several in the next several weeks. Some people are like, Can it happen like that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it can happen overnight. I mean in a day. In a day. In a day. In a day. I mean, Saul, he's doing, his, he's doing all his deal, and then one day, he's not. One day, he's not. One day, things have changed. I believe we have to make ready. We have to be ready for what's coming. I believe that God is wanting to raise up voices in this greater Oklahoma City area to speak his word. The most influential people that were in our city... The loudest voices that were in Oklahoma City are no longer the loudest voices. They're no longer the most influential. In fact, if, if we're honest about it, men of God that are influential in our city right now, they, they don't really exist. I mean, we respect different ones, and we, I certainly have a high regard for lots of people in this city that are ministers of the gospel. But you know what? God, for years and years and years, I believe, has tried to raise up Men or women to be a voice to this city, to this region. And not just any people. Chosen people. People that would declare God's word. People that would be an example of what it is that God wants to do in this region. There are people in this city that boasted, and I'm not saying wrongfully, That boasted of being on the cutting edge. Of being relevant and and influential in making others relevant. With their methods and with their teachings and with their model. I haven't watched watched the news since last year. September of last year. I turned it on for the first time this morning just to see what was going on with the roads. I see nothing has changed. In fact, they're on the fear-mongering right now, big time. They're just trying to get people tripping. I was shocked. I turned it on. I said, nothing has changed. Nothing is... Everything is the same. The same lies are being told. The same fear is being peddled. The same attempt is being made to try to get... People under control, and I know. Listen, some of you think think are you are you are you a conspiracy theorist? Do you really believe all of this has happened for control? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Men may not know why things are happening. These people may not have an agenda in the natural. They may not be meeting with the Illuminati. You understand? They may not be getting together. Uh, what are the Pizza Gate people might not be. You know what I'm saying? All these these things might not these. This may not be organized by men, but I'm telling you, the devil has organized a group of people, and the devil has tried to perpetrate and attack and perpetrate a plan that and and his target and his his uh, his target is not the ones that are away from God. His target is the church. And if he can get enough people to be afraid, and if he can get enough people to disengage, if he can get enough people isolated, if he can get enough people to draw back, are you hearing me? Amen. Now there's variance, and if you'll get a booster, and I'm too big for a booster. We actually have people now that are posting on Facebook with people that have died of COVID. If you had just got the vaccine, you would have lived. Are you sure? Because there are people with the vaccine that are dying too. I'm not. I'm not trying to fearmonger here. I'm just trying to give you a truth. You are not safe. Men cannot help you through what is happening on planet earth today. If you're afraid of death, then you probably have a good reason to be afraid of death. There's only one answer. His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Amen. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, that it's still going on, still just exactly the same. I mean, still with the numbers, thousands of people, thousands of people contracting the new variant, and this and that, and I mean, they're just going to town, and it's like, boy, it's just had this resurgence, and then in the same breath, you have two anchor people talking about they're going to get ready to go to the beach. You stay home, but I'm going to the beach. I didn't, even, I didn't even stay on there to find out what was going on with the roads. I just shut it off. I'm like, I can't even, I can't even watch what's happening on the roads. I think they figured it out. I think they figured out people aren't watching no more. So now they don't even want to report on something that's necessary. They're just going to try to cut in when they think people are getting on there to find out about something pertinent. So, how do you navigate? How do you navigate? Now, it's not, it's not, it's not, it is stupid what's going on, but it's real. Yeah. And he had a cousin just die of COVID complications. People are dying. Just like people dying from the flu, pneumonia. People have been dying for a long time, folks. I'm glad finally people realizing it. People dying every day. Without Jesus. It's been happening for, you know, it's happened every day forever. And now people are all saying, people are dying. Oh, you think? Now you know why we were so radical. You're going to die. I know. I'm just not dying of that. Amen. But after watching, stand up so, so I know I'm finished. Stand up, baby, so I know I'm done. Here, I'll help you. <laughs> the same thing. Boy, what must, it, what must it be like to be without Christ in this, in this day and age? What must it be like to be without Jesus in this day and age? What must it be like to be victims of misinformation, of fear-mongering, of, of, of people that are spreading a narrative that doesn't, that doesn't lead to hope, that doesn't lead to help? Churches, churches are scrambling to try to figure out what to do. Because it's not to me. It's it was it's over. I mean, you know, to me, it's for since when I quit watching the news and stuff. I mean, to me, it's like it's that's over. I'm done with that. I don't guess I realize that there's still a lot of people that aren't done with it, and the church certainly isn't done with it. Because I cranked on a church service on the way out here, and this church is having church online, and I can tell there's about four or five people in the congregation, there are about 50 online, and the pastor's wife is encouraging people, get your boosters, you know, because we, we, you can't fulfill God's purpose if you're dead. Well, I don't intend on dying, but if I die, let me die in the army of the Lord. Amen. 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 So I guess I guess this morning I just had a real, I just came to a realization that things aren't things aren't really any better for a lot of people than what they have been for the last two years. And thank God some of you have gotten your focus on heaven oh, yeah. and not on the earth. But what it's created is it's created an opportunity for you to step up. To be voices to people that need to hear a word from God. As a church, we have an opportunity to become influential in our city. To be the voice of God to the greater Oklahoma City area. To declare the word of the Lord. You know what? We're not going to do that with with what we have going just here right now. But say the the Lord were to open up the door tomorrow. And the spotlight of this world was to shine on us. Are you ready? Have you kept the faith? Are you contending for the faith? Are you contending for the faith? Or are you just trying to level up on a video game that you're playing on your phone? Keeping your streaks going on Snapchat. Hello? (laughs) Got got awfully quiet. (laughs) There for a while it was Pokemon Go. I, I, I think we still have people that were members of this church. They still might be out hunting Pokemons. Maybe we should find out a way to get a, a, one of those elusive Pokemons to sit right in the middle of this church <laughs> for the next couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> and then again maybe
0: not maybe we don't want to <laughs> maybe we don't want that guy kind to of traffic. I do know that God's giving us an opportunity. I believe the Lord is giving us an opportunity. We, d- we don't want to sleep. We don't want to fail. We, do- we don't want to miss out. And so I want to encourage you as we get ready and we're preparing for uh, this revival. This guy, and I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you fair warning. Next week is going to be a different week, for oh, real. Oh, yeah. For real. Next week's going to be a different week. Oh, yeah. the, the atmosphere in here will be totally different. Yes. Right. The way the Spirit of God moves in here next week will be totally different than oh, what's me. happened here today. And I probably it'll, it'll end up staying that way. Because I believe the time has come. The time has come. If no one else is going to dig the wells of revival, let us be the diggers of the world. If no one else is going to dig the wells of revival, then let us be the... You know what that means? That means you might have to work and dig revival wells. Have a birthday party in the morning and then dig a well of revival in the afternoon. do a wedding in the afternoon dig a well in the morning but the wells have to be dug I believe you're the diggers maybe I'll start calling y'all the diggers amen Ted back there shouting he could barely walk from the door to the I'm gonna dig though I'm gonna dig amen Ted. amen Lord we thank you today Lord, there are chosen vessels in this house. Like Paul, it's your desire to raise them up. To introduce a generation to revival and to the move of your spirit. So what is revival? It's us, Lord, contending for the faith. And that's what we're doing here today, God. We're contending for the faith that once resided in those that came ahead of us, Lord, that you desire for it to reside in us. Because you've chosen us for such a time as this. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in this place, in our lives, in each one, in the name of Jesus. May it be for us here on earth as it is in heaven may we be heaven on earth everywhere that we go and in everything that we do oh we thank you Lord we thank you as we prepare for this time Lord of of revival it's my prayer Lord that all the limits will be taken off and all the walls will be torn down and that you'll have the liberty and the freedom to do all God that you've Always intended to do in each one of our lives in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. I thank you because I know in my spirit and in my heart that we are positioned now more than ever before to facilitate, Lord, what you've desired to do in this earth and in our city in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So, Lord, I thank you. 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 Lord, you're good. You're good. We thank you. Praise God. Amen. 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 There's a whole lot more to this making of revival, but I think I'm going to finish with that. <laughs> but next week, we definitely I'm going to start next week. I'll be I'll be ministering on Sunday. Sunday morning, I'm going to minister specifically. On vision. uh, The vision that God's given me for 2022 for our church specifically. So uh, come with your ears open, your hearts open. Uh, Come with your spirit at attention. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Build on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. But be ready. We are meeting here Wednesday as well. So come Wednesday um, as well, we're going to continue on the Holy Spirit, uh, the ministries and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so so uh, definitely come for that but um, boy I sure love y'all yes sure yes
1: I know pastor is talking about getting ready spiritually for revival but you know what it's getting ready yep. in the natural too start planning uh, when are you going to have your dinner when are you going to give your kids baths you know bring them with their PJs all of that stuff is part of revival because you got to right. prepare yeah and it's making our way because you're ready to be in it. Amen. Um, ordering
0: the natural, the, ordering, ordering
1: the, natural. the natural for the supernatural. Exactly. You know, David and I were already talking about, I'm like, okay, well, we got to make sure we give Amelia her bath before we bring her, get her in her PJs, have dinner, all of that stuff, because it's what's going to make things work. Because if you will let natural things get in the way of, well, the ki- I gotta take care of the kids. What if the kids are not ready? How are we gonna get there? If you take care of it now and prepare, then that's not even gonna be an issue when it comes up. The devil won't be able to stir you away from what could be uh, something that will keep you at home. Um, you know, if the kid's True. gonna have homework, well, you know, make sure they bring their homework with them. You know, plan out snacks drinks, all of that stuff. Um, You know, if you're going to be picking someone up, what time do you have to pick them up? What time do you have to be here to get all, you know, six o'clock traffic on the Northwest Expressway? And, you know, if you're going to invite someone, when are you going to pick them up? Invite them, start inviting them now, because you want to start, you know, getting their minds ready to be here those days. So, that, I believe, is also in preparation of revival, because uh, you know, if you get a system going then it's just that's what you'll do you know I, I think about going to revival to newcastle going to revival even in richmond um that was it we had a system this is what we did and you know got off work and then we did this 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 and that all to prepare to make sure we got to revival um so get that get that working in yourselves because Amen. it could we can be in this i want this to be for the long haul like i said a year of revival. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm preparing for it.
0: I know it's hard to it's hard to fathom that. I know most people they hear that they're like, "Man, I don't like yep. it. But listen, you get in that flow and you'll be like after a year, you're
1: like you're like,
0: "Why are we stopping? Why are
1: we stopping exactly?"
0: We can't. Have, we'll get to Thanksgiving and you'll be like, "We're not breaking for Thanksgiving, are we?" That's that's how that's how revival affects you. At Christmas time, I, I mean, I literally had people angry with me that we took a break at Christmas and and Thanksgiving during revival. Well, it's just a day, you know. We'll just gonna be break for a couple of days. Let's have let's have some turkey. What are we gonna do? Just eat some turkey. Anoint yourself with the oil, you know. Off of get some butter. Anoint yourself. But let's yeah, let's get our hearts there. Uh, Emily and and Micah, I'm gonna pray for you guys today. I'm gonna pray for y'all and. Uh, you have some family members that are going through some things physically. I know there are others. Twyla's out. She's wrestling. Some of you are here today and you're wrestling in your body with sickness. You, you have still the, the remnants of, of whatever is trying to hang on. I believe it's an attack of the enemy. But, uh, but you have family members. Is that right? Who is it that's struggling in their body? Your mother and, my dad. <laughs> and your dad, both of them, breast cancer and a stroke, breast cancer and, a stroke. Yeah. and this just happened recently, yeah. so the enemy's really, I'm going to tell you something, because boy, I sense the spirit of God on me big time. Y'all are going to leave here, and you're gonna, y'all are going to leave here with a greater hope than what you came in here with. And I I hear God saying that your mind is going to be, you know, the Bible says he'll keep you in perfect peace, those whose minds are stayed on the Lord. And I hear God saying he's going to keep you in perfect peace. (laughs) Man, I love these babies around here. Y'all are messing me up. Annie's like, we ain't having another one. (laughs) I tried to tell her the doctor was messing with her, I guess. She went to the doctor this week, and her doctor said, how about another one? (laughs) I just delivered one for a lady that was 50. I tried to tell Annie it was a confirmation. She's like, no, that was a lie from the pit of hell. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, we, we trust, we believe your word. And, boy, we sent your spirit here today, God. And I know that you're moving. I know you're moving for your son, for your daughter today. God, as I lay my hands upon them, I'm laying my hands upon this mother, upon this father. Lord, I curse sickness. I curse disease. I curse infirmity in the name of Jesus. Everything that the enemy has tried to perpetrate against them. Satan, we recognize your work and we bind you in the name of Jesus. We command you to take your hands off of these people right now. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that for this man who has gone through this stroke. I thank you, God, that the parts of his brain that there was an attempt to destroy. That you are bringing life right now in the name of Jesus that you're bringing life to those parts of his brain and to the parts of his body that are trying not to respond to his brain in Jesus' name right now. And Lord, I curse that cancer in this mother in the name of Jesus. Cancer, I curse you at the root and I command you to die and to pass from this woman's body in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost go through the both of these people now where they are and Lord, may they they come an exponential change in their condition today because of what you've done in their bodies Lord, we thank you we rejoice, Lord uh, over, over your word that declares that by the stripes of Jesus we were healed and Lord, we receive that healing today and we thank you for it in Jesus' name In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray for the peace of God that passes all understanding. You said in your word uh, that we're to make our requests known unto you. And that your peace, the peace that passes all understanding, would take our hearts and minds. So, Lord, we cast all of our care upon you today. And we thank you that your peace is coming upon this couple today. In Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, y'all. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Amen. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, sometimes it's good to feel the presence of God. Amen. Receive today in Jesus' name. Receive today in the name of Jesus. Oh, pray for, pray for those that are battling in their bodies. Lord, we pray for Twilight. We pray for... Uh, Joyce, we pray for Eric, who's still enemy, be trying to mess with his lungs, and for the kids, for Shelby, for for uh, everyone, Michael. In the name of Jesus, those that are here, God, that are that are battling, I rebuke sickness in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that today deliverance is coming to your people uh, in in the in the form of healing and health and wholeness. God, we stand upon your promises. Touch my dad, Lord, where he's at today. Uh, Touch Barbara, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that they're living in victory. They're living in health and wholeness. And Father, uh, we'll give you all the glory for all that manifests in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 (laughs) What's her name? Lila. Oh, how beautiful. Man, come on, Annie. (laughs) pray for us this year guys no no I'm just kidding <laughs> you know, there was a fellow named Ed Dufrane. He was a prophet. He went to a church. This is a funny story. He went to a church in Louisiana, and the Lord gave him a word. He got up. He said, "He said all day, the Lord's just been dealing with me." He said, "The Lord tells me that those that are here, if you're a woman and you wanna you wanna be pregnant and you wanna have a baby, there's an anointing. There's gonna be a baby boom in this church. Women all over this place are becoming fruitful in the name of Jesus." And he released that word, and that. That year, that church had a baby boom. People were having babies all over the place. A friend of mine, Paul Trokel, who'll be here. I think in April he'll be ministering here. Uh, he was there and he was like, "Dude, it was crazy. He said it was really supernatural. It was a big church. He said he came back the following year, or the, uh, yeah, the following year. And he got up and he said, man, that same word the Lord gave me last year about babies is here. He said when he said that women jumped up and started running out of that church because they didn't want, (laughs) they're like, no, we went through that last year. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, listen, I love you guys. I know today it was more subdued and I I expected that as we get ready to uh, launch into revival. So don't let that uh, trip you out too bad. But let's, let's come uh, Wednesday with expectancy. I'm going to continue on baptism in the Holy Ghost and spiritual gifts, uh, ministries of the Spirit. And then, uh, again, uh, everything else we have going on this week uh, with the outreach. And then on Sunday, we'll start revival. And I will tell you what the Lord told me about this year completely and fully on Sunday. And it will be, listen, it'll be a blessing to you. I promise. So uh, go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. I appreciate you. I love you. I thank God for you. And I will see you here either later this week and definitely see you back here next week. Amen.